My name is Phil Mendoza, and this is a championship bow hunting podcast fueled by Mountain Ops. Join me and my guests as we give you bow hunting tips to take your preparation to the next level. Hello, listeners. This is Caleb Hobbs and Brandon Hobbs with Dirty North Archery, and we are back with your weekly DNA tech tips. So tonight we're um, we're actually sitting in the uh, Fort Collins Archery Association, the storage shed for all the targets. Um, 3D leagues tonight, but just a little reminder out there to everybody that um, support your local uh, archery clubs because that's what that's what is growing the sports. Support your local shops and clubs, and uh, try to be active members out there. Uh, if we do that, then we can grow the sport of archery and uh, have have more fun for everybody else out there. Yeah, where else can you sit on a, a giant rubber buffalo head and hang out and have a good time, you know? I, I'm sitting on a rubber buffalo head right now, and Brennan's on a black bear, so fun stuff. So tonight, um, we want to tag on to what we started with last week, and um, what what we first talked about with Phil was strings. So we talked about strings in regards to uh, where we're at in the season coming up to the opener. Um, so we covered that we still do, you still have time as a bow hunter that if, if you're on the fence about, hey, do I have time to get a good set of strings on? Um, you still do have time if you get a good set of strings on to get them on, um, go through some of the tuning process that we, we started to touch on um, last week with Phil and be ready for hunting season. So tonight we wanted to talk a little bit more in depth on what to look for um, in your strings uh, for wear in, in your old strings because we didn't really cover that much and then also um, talk a little bit more about when you do put a new set of strings on, um, kind of the process to go through uh, to get your bow ready for hunting season. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. Um, I think, you know, before we touch on that, let's probably touch base on on what to look for um, in strings. We never covered that, you know. What, right. what do you want from your string builder, right, basically? So what are going to be the questions that you're going to ask your pro shop or whoever uh, or the string manufacturer in choosing your strings? Or what material are you looking for? Or is there a certain process you're looking for? We'll just touch on that very briefly and give you a couple pointers on that. And then I think we can get into the other stuff Brandon mentioned there. Um, so Brandon, what's the first first thing that, or one of the big things that will stand out? You know, there's, in my mind, there's uh, uh, two or three big things that I'd be looking for in a string, a string builder or, you know, a string when I pick them up. So what are we looking for? Yeah, some of the things that, that I'm looking at and that we ask our customers about but what I'm looking at, and, and for all you guys that don't really know strings, is is there going to be a break-in time? Um, that's a big one. And then with that, that's I'm going to ask what materials that they build with. Right. And because um, if you do a little research, whether you know strings or not, because most people don't. Let's uh, Caleb and I were, you know, 
we're string geeks so and uh, I think we mentioned uh, last week like I, I get way into the strings and way into the technical specs of the actual materials used um, so does every starting beginning bow hunter need to know that does every bow hunter need to know that no but it can give you an idea of you know the materials that that a builder is using can give you an idea of what kind of pro, uh, end product you're going to have so and that goes for serving and string material so um, I'm, I'm going to want to know materials that they're using to build um, just a just a quick overview of their build process mainly are they uh, built at tension are they pre-stretched um, that's a big one and then um, so let, let's uh, let's cover those two things real quick before we move on. Yeah, M materials. You're asking materials. What what materials should we be looking for? So it's it's not necessarily the string material that um, the actual strands that you know one builder may say 452x is better than Brownell Fury or this string is better than that string. Whatever. Um, every builder has their process. One of the big things to look at is um, how is the quality of the serving material? What serving material are they going to use? Because if you have great string material, which everybody makes a great string material anymore, but you put a cheap serving on top of it to hold everything together, and for those of you who don't know, serving is um, the small thread wound around the finished bundle that protects your threads and rolls over the cam groove. So um, I want to know what kind of serving that they're using, especially if you're paying a premium price for a set of strings, but getting a you know a super cheap serving that's going to separate or wear out quick. Yeah, so we know for string materials, you know, BCY and Brownell are your two big ones. And basically if you're getting... Uh, in BCY, you know, there's 452X, there's X, there's 8190F, um, or their newer ones. If you're getting any of those, uh, those are all top shelf. Um, if you're getting, you know, if you're getting a compound bow and they're, they're putting on a string material that was out 15 or 20 years ago on a traditional bow, then you need to be asking questions. Um, and then for Brownell, you know, they have their Fury. Uh, it's fantastic material as well. So that's a couple names there. And for serving materials, you know, we're again we're looking at at the higher end stuff. You know, like BCY Halo um, 3D, BCY 3D stuff like that. And you're just gonna want to you're gonna want to ask if you know what serving materials are you using. And if you don't know the difference, just ask them if it's top shelf serving material. So, um, yeah, I guess that brings up a good point too, Caleb. Is um, it's okay to ask, like you're trying to educate yourself. You know, we encourage people to ask us, and hopefully, when you ask your string builder, they can tell you the difference in the materials that they use and why they use them. Um, you know, hopefully, it's not something where it's like, oh, you don't need to know that. I'm the one building them, but yeah, definitely ask. You know. Get educated about it if you want to know more. Ask, and hopefully that um, they'll be uh, willing to uh, talk to you a little bit about the process, right? And then you can have a little more confidence in your builder. So strand material we talked about, serving material we talked about. 
And then the big number three is build process. And you mentioned uh, tension. Are they built under tension? Yep. So what does that mean? So really, when we say if ask if they're built under tension, um, we're asking for two things. We're we're looking for a pre-stretched string. So in that the builder has stretched that string out on a, a tensioner device of some kind. There's a lot out there where they have stretched this string to not to its limit but to a point to where once it's installed on the bow it's no longer going to stretch and then the second thing that goes with that is built under tension is meaning while the serving is applied to the bow string um, there's tension on the string and as an example brandon and i build strings or excuse me we serve all of our strings under 350 pounds of tension so when we let that back off the serving holds just tight so that's that's a couple basic questions and basic things to look for in your string build yeah yeah and and really i think it's um it's kind of find a builder that that you like talking to that um you know that that can tell they can give you these answers because you know, if somebody can't give you those answers, maybe they don't know the, the product as well. And, um, you know, just, just look, somebody's able to answer those questions and they have a better knowledge of the end product that you're putting on your bow. Right. So what's next? What are we looking for? You know, let's talk about what you're looking for to replace your strings. How does a guy know? You know, is it, I mean... Because I've seen strings, and I had the perfect example this week, where I've just changed the customer strings out, and they look phenomenal. I mean, they're, what, yeah. two, two years yeah. old, year and a half or two years old, and this guy shoots religiously. I mean, he has thousands of arrows through those strings, and they look beautiful. I mean, you can't tell a thing is wrong with these strings. So how does he know versus how does, like, you know the average guy know you know that's bashing around in the bush or whatever what's what are we looking for yeah and i guess the obvious is right you have strings that are frayed discolored horribly um strands are cut you have obvious serving separation to where the serving where it rolls over sharp parts in the cam is just you can see exposed um threat uh uh, bowstring material underneath the, the serving that's the easy stuff to pick out right um, but to get into you get a set of strings that that are that look good you know that cosmetically look great the bow shooting great still seems like it's in tune then you say okay why should I replace them well in that case like Caleb was talking about you pull you check the specs on that bow even though the strings look perfect and a year ago, you know, it was specced out perfectly. The peak draw weight was good. The draw length was perfect. Everything was good. Well, now the peak draw weight's four pounds low. Um, you know, draw length is off, and your your cam timing and sync, like we talked about last week, could be off too. And but the only way to to know that is by specking the bow, putting it on a draw board, putting it on a draw scale. And, uh, you know, having either your builder, your tuner, do-it-yourself guys, um, or your local shop, 
uh, check all recheck of the specs, and that'll tell you that your if your strings have stretched that much. So yeah, and as as an example, this guy, the red flag that went up for him was he put a tape measure to his axle to axle length. Yeah, and it was over three eighths inch too long from what factory spec called for, and that three eighths of an inch is a huge stretch for an axle to axle jump. And so that's when he gave me a call and we kind of went through it and then I broke it down and checked it out and sure enough, everything else was off. His peak draw weight was way too low and all that stuff that we had talked right. about previous. So that's kind of where, you know, you can see those outlying factors on your own, some of them before you go into a shop, you know, look up the specs of your bow, put a tape measure on your axle to axle and your brace height and check it out, you know. And it doesn't mean your strings will be bad. Maybe they're just a little bit out of tune, you know, but it's something to check. Yep, and I'll say this too. Um, if, if And Phil kind of hit on it. We kind of hit on it on the last one that if you if it's been three years since you've done strings, it's probably time regardless of how they look. Um, and the reason for that is because <clears throat> over time with, hot and cold, temperature changes, UV light, all that kind of stuff, even if it's just sitting in a bow case. Um, you know, you have separate fibers and uh, that are all bundled together, and just like anything, those fibers will start breaking down um, and start, start wearing out over time. So you really should, if it's been a, a couple years since you've got strings, three, four years, definitely, then uh, you should get that bow restrung because it, it'll get dry rotted and, and you don't want to have a failure of your strings just because uh, they've dry rotted and, um, you know, the, the fibers have broke down. Yeah, shoot, we had a guy, horror story real quick, we had a guy, well, I think I guess it was about two years ago, he uh, got a hold of us and... Uh, locking this up? Yep. Awesome. Yeah, he got a hold of us and, uh, sorry about that interruption, and he's like, hey, I opened up my bow case, and it had been five years since he even opened his bow case. I opened up my bow case, and my bow was blown apart. Yeah. Just yeah. done, done deal, you know, and, and that's what happens. And what happened was his strings dry rotted out. He didn't have them waxed and all that. And from the hot and cold, he had traveled a lot with it. It just, it was done. And it, sure enough, man, yep. they, they parted, and that thing was toast. So, yeah, crazy things can happen. There's a lot of tension, a lot of moving parts held together by just your strings. So, yep. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so I think, Caleb, right, that's kind of the, the basic stuff we want to look at when we're getting ready to get some strings on. So, let's say we, you know, the, the average bow hunter out there, they order a set of strings, they got a set of strings installed. So, so uh, where are we at now? Yeah, we touched on it a little bit last week. It was things you want to look for. We did talk about the break-in period, um, so we're not going to cover that too much here anymore. Um, you know, give it a couple hundred shots and, and all that. Try and get your peep in shortly. Um, but after that, you know, it was mentioned last week that after 500 shots, you know, you check, recheck your specs and all that. Go, go ahead and do that. I mean, not it's not necessary i would say because a properly built set of threads is going to pretty much hold you know you may be a half twist out or a twist out but it's nice to recheck it because it it can educate you well um, we just 
yeah, just tonight at leagues, um, we had somebody that was uh, um, Dusty was checking over his boat. And he says the back wall feels good. Well, we put it on. We bring the press with us every now and then on the drawboard, and guess what? His strings had stretched. Can't feel it. Can't even tell. And the cams were out of time and sync, so we checked it and a couple twists, fixed it up right there in the parking lot at the archery range. So, yeah, quick and easy. You get that break-in period and and let it go. But I think the bigger thing moving forward, you know, season's coming up and you have your new threads on. And Brandon really hit on this last week was that you know if your old setup was. 67 pounds max because your strings were stretched and now you're shooting 72 um you really truly owe it to yourself this is the time to not only break your strings in so to speak but to get intimate with your bow again and really go through the motions of executing a shot and relearn the feel of that bow um things change massively uh the the guy earlier this week that i did the install for like i said he's been shooting that bow for two years he took first place in winter leagues the year before you know he can shoot and he knows that bow very well and he was just having a heck of a time here lately and man we got those new threads on there and he is head over heels about how it feels now it's it's honestly a like a brand new rig when you do something like that as a brand new bow so the biggest thing is really putting arrows through it you don't have to sit there and concentrate on i gotta crush this nickel size spot you know a hundred times at 20 yards while you're doing this process while you're relearning the bow while you're relearning what that back wall is supposed to feel like um that was intended to feel like from the factory you know um everything's going to be solid your draw length may change slightly and some guys you know they don't even notice it or it happens but they never acknowledge it they just say well the the shop put the new strings on and i'm good to go but i'm just shooting like crap you know what the heck is going on yeah now's the time right now when you have that tune you have the new set of strings that you go through your sequence you go through your motions you check and double check your feet, your shot process, your back wall, your anchor. This is the time to do that with your brand new set of strings and a specked out bow and get extremely intimate with it. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> with that, what Caleb's talking about, I think a lot of it is, and even for me, is it's, it's a mental game. You know, people think, I can't do it this close to season. I can't change anything. It'll, I don't have the time. It's too much work to respec it, and and that's just not the case. It's um, like Caleb's saying. It one, it forces you to become more familiar with with your equipment right before the season, and that that is huge because then you can go in um, confidently, you know, knowing that man, I just got brand new strings on, and I went through the whole thing top to bottom, and I feel good about this. And you know, for me, that's. That's huge to have that confidence, but it's also, there's still time, you know? There is plenty of time to get that done. Heck, I, without going into too much detail, I had a little mishap tonight, and now I have to put a new limb on my bow. Uh, My fault. 
so right before season. So if I can get a limb swap done, uh, re-time tuned and side in my bow before the season starts, you can get new strings on, no doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just getting those repetitions in. And once you get enough repetitions in, whether it's going to be 10 for some people, they know exactly where it's going to be and how it's supposed to feel and, you know, where their sights are relative and all that. Um, it could be up to 500 arrows. You will feel it when you hit that comfortable spot. That's, that's when your strings are broken in, yep. in my opinion. Yep. Um, not until then are your strings broken in. And I'm not talking about does it take 500 shots to break in your strings or 1,000 shots or 10 shots. If, again, I know we've said it a lot, but if you've had a properly made set of strings, good quality, a lot of manufacturers out there make excellent strings. Um, it, it really is the mental checkpoint you visually have seen or your pro shop or your tuning buddy has checked it, specced it, everything's in spec. Now you're checked in the back of your head, we're good to go. And then once you have that aha moment on the range where, wow, this feels good, then call your strings broken in. Yep, yep. Yeah, for sure. And and I think, uh, you know, I think we've covered some good basic tuning stuff what to look for and and break in time and and uh i'll <clears throat> i'll throw this out there again and it and i know dusty will probably be listening but um it's like dusty the biggest part of it we found some stuff that was off on his bow and um you know we tuned it up like i said in the parking lot today but it's the mental game and he even said straight up and he's like now that i know it's good I'm going to shoot better. And even if nothing changed, just to go through it, right? Just so you know your bow is good before season, that's good for you mentally. That puts you in the right state of mind to get out there and get ready, have fun, and know you're shooting at the top of your game. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, let's see, what's next? So we got a break-in period that we talked about. Um, you know, we, you got your arrows in, everything's shooting good. And so some of the minor things that we want to look at, you shot a bunch of arrows, right? Now, what happens if your peep is turned a quarter turn to the left or to the right? It could happen even with a really good set of strings, right? That's uh, not that big of a deal, man. Get it back into your shop. Get it in your press if you're a do-it-yourself guy. Put a little twist in there and get that peep coming back straight. If you don't have those capabilities, uh, one way to get your peep. Uh, the other thing, too, is if the peep's a quarter turn off or an eighth of a turn off, right, when you're twisting a string to tune, you can only do it a half twist at a time, top or bottom. So, that being said, if your peep's off a little bit and you bring it to your shop and they put it in the press, they can only turn it a half turn. That might bring it too far the other way. Um, you know, you kind of, you might be stuck. You're at the, kind of at the mercy of where the peep wants to sit for your height on your eye, um, for your position. So to correct that, the way you fix that is, um, you line up your D loop with your peep sight. So, you know, a lot of you guys 
and gals out there might already know this, but you might not have the means to do it, or um, you might not know this yet. But So if your peep is slightly off at brace when it's at rest, just push those knots on your D-loop around with your thumb, and you can force them around. They'll spin around that serving a little bit until it lines up perfectly straight with where your peep is, and then cinch that loop down from there. So if you have a set of D-loop pliers, or your shop does, they can cinch it up a set of pliers. Or if it's just you at home, you can take a pair of needle nose pliers um, and stick them in that D-loop, uh, and in between the D-loop, inside of the D-loop, and the shooting string, the serving, and just open those needle nose pliers forcefully to set set the knots on your D-loop so it's lined up with your peep. And that that way every time you grab onto um, your D-loop with your release, it will turn the shooting string and line your peep straight up. So that's, that's a small thing, um, but really a peep being straight is kind of a big thing. You want it to be straight when you get to full draw so you can see all the way through your peep and uh, have a good round circle of your peep to line up with your sight housing. Um, what other things are we uh, looking for, Caleb? Just just some small stuff maybe outside of the big tuning stuff after our break-in. Yeah, after the break-in, I mean, really it's maybe your point of impact has changed slightly. Uh, you notice in downrange that your point of impact or your group of arrows or you're hitting slightly high or you're hitting slightly left or right. That might be an indicator of uh, maybe one of your yoke legs, uh, your cables or something has got a little bit of stretch in it or wore into the groove uh, a little differently than the other. So that's another thing to, to recheck. If you start seeing things go back and turning the other direction, and you'll notice it by your groups, just pay attention to your groups. And uh, yeah, it, it's the small things like that. You know, generally somebody knows when you're coming up to shoot and execute your shot, most every single person knows right away when the arrow releases they either go in their mind they're going oh yeah or they're going man that sucked and you know yeah. it even if you don't say yep. it you know it so take take those ones that were in your mind you're saying oh yeah that was a solid shot but then you walk down there and notice you know your group's a little bit off go back and revisit your tune your strings check all the things that we discussed earlier and maybe a half twist here and there, uh, slight rest adjustment, and and then really your your breaking period is done there. It's going to be repetition after that. Yeah, shooting and and I mean we can definitely cover that at a later. Yeah, yeah, later we'll get day. into more tuning and um, stuff like that in a in a later episode for sure. Um, but you know, with what Caleb's saying about that that might seem a little daunting or a little too high tech right to yoke tune to, to move your groups or even to rest tune which we will talk about later but if if you're somebody that's just um too intimidated by that or don't have the time don't have the knowledge or the tools or you don't have a shop that's willing to work with you um to get that done then after you get a new set of strings on hopefully whoever installed the strings put it back into spec for you um, and then, uh, you know, a lot of times when you do install, you might have to move your sights. And when you do, um, you can just be doing big gang adjusts. 
you're not worried about moving each single pin necessarily, but like all of a sudden, hey, my whole group, I'm shooting consistently to the right, and if it's a good tune, well, maybe you just need to move your sights to the right and regroup your sights to the new tune. And it truly could be as simple as that, that, that now you do have good aero flight, and because you have good aero flight, your group is hitting you know, off of where your pins were set because your pins were set for poor aero flight previously. And it could be as simple as bumping your rest to the, or I mean your sights, excuse me, to the left or to the right or up or down just a tiny bit and then you're set, you're good to go. Right. Yep, definitely. Good point. Uh, sights, and Brandon mentioned it last week, is if you pick up that extra four or five pounds of draw weight, your speed's going to increase. So a lot of us Western hunters, you know, myself, Brandon, I know Braden, Phil, um, I think Grant is still running the, the giant seven pin hammer yep, sight. Yep. But, you know, a lot of us guys hunting out west, you know, we're sighted in out to 100, 120 yards, so we have a slider. Um, and, you know, no, that doesn't mean we're shooting animals at 120 yards, but we definitely practice out there. Um and uh oh we just got an update here by the way yeah before uh, we just talked about our our good buddy dusty you know we were helping him out and he just sent us a picture uh he he went straight home from the range here and just sent us a picture of a perfect perfect bullet hole through paper and that's fletched and bear shaft that's a beautiful thing so uh anyhow um so if you pick up that extra four pounds and again, I go back to that guy earlier this week. We picked up four and a half, no, five pounds of draw weight just by doing new strings, um, correct strings, and getting them back in the spec. If he's running a slider, guess what, guys? You're changing it from what you had before. So get it done and just keep that in the back of your mind. Don't, don't assume it's going to be the same and then rough in your 20-yard pin or get your 20-yard pin back and go, well, yeah, the, you know, everything else is fine. And then you get down to that clutch moment in the elk woods when you go to dial your sight, maybe you got a, only a three pin and the bull's standing out at 60 yards and you only have a single or a three pin and you dial it and you either miss or you make a poor hit, which is far worse than a miss that right. i mean that truly has to be on the back of your mind step out and check every single distance even if you're on a sight tape yeah for sure for sure um <clears throat> so with that you know without getting in depth too much i i think that's some good basic stuff don't you think caleb that yeah, to go sure. over to check with your strings, and it's a it's a great starting point, and th and that's kind of what we wanted um, tonight's episode to be. And then, so what we're looking looking uh, forward, what we're going to be putting down is um, a little more in depth stuff, like uh, you know, if we do have poor aero flight and you don't have a press, if if we're going to do a little tuning with your rest, um, you know, broadhead tuning, um, which of course, as we know, is huge for us for hunting season right so um that's that's some stuff that that we have in the future coming coming forward so um 
definitely be looking forward to that. Yeah, and also, uh, Brandon and I want to put it out there is that, you know, we're doing this because we love promoting the sport and sure. and bow hunting, and we want to help out. So we put it out on Instagram uh, the other night. And if there's anybody out there, listeners, that you have a specific question that you want to ask that we can answer on here, I mean, that'd be huge for everybody, for listeners, for us. Um, you know, we're willing to definitely entertain some ideas, but let's do this. Let's definitely make it pertinent to the timeline that we're carrying on. Phil's going to continue on, you know, with the timeline leading up to season. And then Brandon and I are, are trying to tailor, you know, this deal leading up our tech tips for the week. We're trying to tailor it to hunting season up until that point. Right. So if you guys have something, hit us up on Instagram. Uh, you can hit uh, hit us up on Facebook or our website or send us an email or whatever. And again, please make it pertaining to what we're what we're doing here now on the timeline that we're discussing. But yeah. I think that'll be a fun option, and it'll also get listeners engaged. Yeah, and uh, you know maybe we can help somebody out, fix a problem that, and then we'll uh, get a sweet picture uh, in September of a giant bull or big muley that they put down because their bow got tuned up. Well, we'll make sure we have Phil put it up on championship bow yeah. hunting as well. Yeah. So that'd be really cool. Um, Brendan, you got anything else? I, I got one thing I want to share, but I want to see if you got anything in closing here. Um, no, I think that's, I think we pretty well covered it. We'll just leave it at that. Everybody, uh, it's getting to be crunch time, but this is the special time. So just get out there, shoot, have fun. Yeah, uh, definitely, Brendan. Um, I want to leave you guys with a little excerpt from the Archery Trade Association. The Archery Trade Association is is huge in our sport, and I really hope that all the shops and retailers out there are supporting it. Um, what the Archery Trade Association is, is, is an entity that kind of oversees the business aspects of our sport, whether it be bow hunting, target, or whatever. And they provide us with so much inf- valuable information and and I'll, just just so you know, when people talk about the ATA show, that's the Archery Trade Association. In, in case you've heard ATA out there, Brandon and I are definitely uh, members, and we contribute. And I just think their information is valuable, so I, I'm going to try and share stuff periodically with them. Um, but they write in an excerpt that. Uh, our industry provides jobs for thousands of people and recreation and pleasure to millions, if not tens of millions of people. Our companies pay taxes, have loans, cover payrolls, and offer health and retirement benefits to many hardworking people. And what they're talking about there is archery businesses and archery retailers. Um, and it, it, it is huge. Uh, and they go on to say that at the end of the day, it's a tough world out there, and as a small niche industry, we must hold on to the valuable reminder that working together is critical to grow archery and to grow and protect bow hunting. And that's what I, I want to leave it with tonight is it says right there, you know, it's critical that we work together to grow and protect the archery industry and bow hunting itself and i again that's another reason why brandon and i are on here is that's our goal we want to grow we want to protect it 
and it really is a valuable asset so thanks guys for listening uh it's huge hopefully we can pick up some more and please send us some questions make sure you know you grab itunes podbean subscribe and all that good stuff thanks for listening thank you